Tighten those laces, straighten that headband. You are listening to CHGO Marathon, a podcast about the culture, community, and challenge of the world's fourth largest marathon. CHGO Marathon is brought to you by Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO, and the beer you'll be drinking when you cross that finish line on October 8th. Go pay them a visit when you're in town for the marathon, and you can check out their locations at gooseisland.com forward slash locations. Less than three weeks to go. What's up, everyone? I am Kevin Kadek, head of content at CHGO and a 2023 Chicago Marathon entrant. Want to thank everyone for their support. I've been having a blast doing this podcast, and I love hearing from each one of you who are listening to this uh, on your runs, uh, during your strength sessions, in your car. It's been really cool to hear uh, from everyone all over the world, um, literally. Uh, even cooler, thanks to the people who have supported the charity that I'm running for, Kells Angels. It's really, really cool to get those emails and see you know someone uh, throw any amount in there. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Um, definitely go back and check out those past episodes. A lot of great guests from race director Kerry Pankowski to YouTube star Kofuzi uh, to Chicago Cubs pitcher Ryan Dempster. It's been really great. Um, one last bit of housekeeping. I've been hearing from people like, are we going to get together, CHGO Marathon listeners, on Friday or Saturday before uh, the podcast? If you're interested, make sure you hit me up. Uh, you know, I'm on all the different platforms. You can hit me up on Twitter at Kevin Kaduk and tell me that you might be interested. I'm thinking about maybe we can get together at the, the Goose Island Tap Room or, or something else. Maybe, you know, even just do a, a shakeout run or, or, you know, tag on with the Kafuzi run. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out, but I'm looking forward to, to meeting, you know, the connections that I've made throughout this podcast, because that has definitely been one of the real highlights of, of training for this marathon. And, and we're almost there. So anyway, this week's guest, I'm really excited for this one. And I want to thank you for coming in is Carlos Jeremio. He is uh, a man of many hats here in Chicago. Uh, he gets around, he knows a lot of people. And he is a very busy man this time of year. So I really want to thank you again for coming in. But a uh, real quick thumbnail here. You are the organizer of the famous Pilsen race stop uh, aid station at mile 19, which is really one of the highlights on the course. Um, you're also the founder of the Carrera de los Muertos 5K in Pilsen, which will be celebrating its 16th edition on October 28th. And you can find more information on that at unoraceofthedead.org. And then you're also a runner yourself. You're a veteran of the Chicago, New York, Paris, and Seattle marathons. And we're going to be talking about all three of those areas as we kind of go through this, you let's know, 40, it. 45 minutes. Um, but let's, uh, I mean, you also have a day job too. So let's, <laughs> let's start there. I, wa I want to know, like, you know, where you're from, how you got into running, all that good stuff. Ooh, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, first off, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so, you know, great to, to be here and uh, feel honored, you know, to be on a pod podcast that, you know, that included the the godfather himself, Kerry Pankowski. I mean, the man, the myth, the legend, um, you know, Ryan Dempster. And, and so, you know, truly an honor. Um, my story. Wow. Uh, born and raised in, in Chicago, um, Southsider you know, Little Village to Gage Park. Uh, and then after um, uh, after elementary school, parents uh, moved us out to Southwest suburbs. 
uh, went to a high school called Lincoln Way. Mm. Sometimes people ask me, which Lincoln Way? East, West, Central? And, and I was before like, the split. I was like, just Lincoln Way. It was before the split. So my, my, my high school was massive and it was a big culture shock to, you know, go from, you know, inner city, Cage Park, southwest side of the city to, um, you know, to an area that was predominantly, you know, white and very few Latinos. Um, went back to St. Xavier, back to the city for college. Um, my major was history and secondary education. I was between like art, graphic design and, and education and mm-hmm. uh, ended up going the education route. You know, so I, I taught history uh, fresh out of college, moved moved back to the city. Uh, I felt like I never really left outside of high school and um, uh, bought my house in Garfield Ridge. So Southwest edge of the the city, just West of Midway. Uh, and I've been living there for, for the past, you know, several years. Um, after teaching uh, for, for a little bit of time, I, I transitioned to um, more to an admin, administrative role uh, with a, a large charter school operator. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in college, I, I think I should add in college, I played soccer. Uh, so come from a big, big soccer family. My, my dad was a tremendous soccer, is a tremendous soccer <laughs> player. He's 63 and he still, you know, can whoop some of these young kids. But, um, you know, my, he, he met my mom through soccer, my grandfather on my mom's side owned a soccer team. And so soccer has played a really big role in, in, in our family. It was fortunate enough to have a small scholarship to play, uh, at St. Xavier, uh, over there. Um, but you know, I was on the five year university plan, not the four year <laughs> one. And so my last year of, of school, uh, I'll, I'll always remember cross country coach, you know, saying, Hey, uh, you're not going to be in soccer anymore because your eligibility is over. But you know, I see that you're still going to be in school. How about giving cross country a shot? And I was like, absolutely not. I've never <laughs> ran in my life, you know, in, in soccer, anytime you had a run, it was like a punishment. Um, you know, so I was like, no, no, thank you. And they're like, well, you're not going to have your soccer scholarship anymore. Might as well come out. And, and, uh, if I could give you some money, you know, why not? I was like, sign me up. That's all, <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. And so I, I did, I'll always remember I did like a six mile timed run through the woods somewhere and in my soccer shorts and like, you know, my, my random, you know, I don't know, Jordans. I don't know what I had on yeah, at yeah. that time. And I was like, there's no way in hell that I'm going to make this team. And sure enough, after the run. I was beat red and, and I'm like, so, and he's like, you'll do, I'll, I'll give you a call in a few weeks. And I was like, really? That was, that was it. And what had happened was that he had gotten the thumbs up to kick, uh, kickstart the cross country program, uh, very late in the game. And so he just needed bodies essentially, you right. know? And, and so I was one of those few bodies that he recruited cause he was, you know, he literally got the thumbs up, you know, weeks before the start of the school and, and whatnot. So but that was it, man. I, I got that was hooked the genesis into, of Carlos the runner. Yeah, I got hooked into running. You know, I, I dropped like 20 pounds because we were running, geez, 70 miles a week. You know, we'd wake up, run, you know, four or five miles before school, shower, go to class. And in the afternoons, another seven to 10 miles. And, you know, our races were Fridays and or, or Saturdays. And and I got hooked. Um, yeah. I ran the Chicago Marathon in, in 06. At that time, it was the LaSalle Bank Marathon. And, um, you know, I, I just remember just loving it, loving the neighborhoods, loving, you know, um, uh, the, um, the Lakeview area, Boys Town, Little Italy. But when I came through, through Pilsen, I was like, this is it right here. Like, this is, this is my favorite. And that kind of catapulted so much of my, you know, what I've kind of driven or, or segued into, you know, after that. 
Uh, but yes, uh, Chicago Marathon 06 was definitely the genesis, as you, you, you mentioned, for so many things. And, and me running at, at St. Xavier that, that last year in, in 04, 05, mm. um, you know, really catapulted so much after that. Yeah. So for those uh, people listening who may be coming to Chicago for the first time and don't know a lot about, about the city, uh, Pilsen is a neighborhood that's heavily Mexican-American, has a lot of Latino culture. And when you run through at mile 19, uh, you can definitely tell where you're at. And it's one of the the highlights on the course. And we're going to get into um, kind of what goes into organizing um, that aid station um, uh, a little later. But I, I do want to talk to you about the, the 2006 Chicago Marathon. Now you've run three other marathons in different cities uh, since then, but that is your only Chicago Marathon. H- how did that race go? I loved it. Uh, coincidentally, it's my my fastest uh, race. And <laughs> It's, I can tell you why the reason why I didn't PR in every single race after that. Uh, but Chicago, I, I did 326, wow. um, you know, and it was my first one. So like, I didn't know as far as a goal uh, was like what to aim for. So I was like, I guess if I do sub 330, I, I think that's good. Right. Um, you know, so whenever you, you, you see first timers or, or whenever I, I ask someone like, what's your goal for your first ever and then they say, I just want to finish. Like, <laughs> no, you got to have a time. You got to have a goal. So that's how I, I thought, if you go back to episode one of this podcast, that's how I started. <laughs> and now I'm kind of like, all right, I think I'm like, I, I don't want, I, I'm like almost hesitant to put this out there, but like, I kind of want to hit like 435 or 440. Make it public. Yeah. Make it so public. I think I can get there. I think we're trending that direction, Yeah. but uh, I'm still nervous about it. Oh, it, I mean, and it's perfectly normal. But you know, like the training is there and, and especially after you did your half, after you mm-hmm. did your 20 miler, the work is done right there. Like your body is ready. Like right. after you did a 20 miler, you can legit do a marathon, you know, this weekend or, or, or whatnot. But yeah, yeah you got to have a goal. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to hear that that's your goal. That's it. Uh, 4.30, 4.35 is, is a solid time. Yeah. You know, it's nothing to, you know, be down about. I think it's going to come down to the weather. I do. Like if it's, it a, always if it's a hot day, like then, then it's all off the table. It but. always does. And in, in 06, I had like the perfect running weather. I'll always remember it was like 40 degree weather, mm-hmm. light sprinkles, but you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. And 40 degree weather for a runner. Perfect. You awesome. know, perfect, perfect. And no, I just, I just loved it. Uh, it was, it was just the catalyst for me to, keep that bug going. And, and after Chicago, I wanted to do, I wanted to do more, more runs. And, and I signed up for New York in the lottery the year after, and I didn't get in, mm-hmm. but I got in, in no wait. And, um, you know, I was super excited, but then I saw when the date was, and it was literally the day after the 5k that, you know, you, you, you mentioned that I created and I was like, Oh my God, can I <laughs> physically logistically do this? And, um, uh, you know, so that's why my time for, oh, for, for New York in no way yeah. wasn't necessarily the best, but yeah. So where are you at with your marathon running now? I mean, cause you're a busy guy. Is it yeah. impossible for you to squeeze in or? So I'm 41 now. So I, I think I should start there because, you know, coming from. That's usually when everyone starts, right? <laughs> like <laughs> for longer distance. Yeah. I, I feel like you, you run into more and more people that get into longer distance. Yeah. Run, we have running. nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's such a great, you know, the endorphins kick in and, and, you know, if you, especially if you run in the morning, you have so much energy for, for the rest of the day. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned 41 because, you know, I've, I've had, um, geez, three surgeries in my legs. So I've had, wow. uh, no more three ACL surgeries on my right, all soccer related, not running. So okay. not, not trying to scare anyone out there. 
all soccer related ACL meniscus. And then I broke my tibia fibula on my left uh, leg once again through soccer. It's just a drug. Like it's, there's, there's no other way to put it. Soccer is a, a, a drug. Sports is a drug. Um, <laughs> is that a dirty play or just a... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some, most of them, most of my injuries are, are dirty plays. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's the game. You know, yeah. I wouldn't change anything, you know, I, I, and whatnot. But as a result, my knees, I feel like as I've gotten older and older, they've gotten worse and worse. Mm. But I, I tell you this much, like uh, I'm the oldest of five boys and, you know, I'm my younger brother's. Sometimes they're, they're, every once in a while they're like, "Hey, when's our next marathon?" You know, I, I've I've ran three marathons with uh when, with one of my brothers and uh, or sorry two marathons with one of my brothers and he's t- ten years younger than me. I don't know, like I feel like you know I, I'm getting the the bug again. You know, I feel like I have unfinished business. You know, three twenty six for my first marathon versus my other ones. I'm like ah, like I can. <laughs> I can beat three three twenty six at least. Now that, now that's the forty year old talking, right? That's yeah. That's, that's the forty year old talking. I want to do as well as I did when I was twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, and my body's saying otherwise, you know, definitely. <laughs> uh, but we'll see, we'll see. And plus, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, fortunate enough that that my wife is expecting, and you know, so you start thinking about that as well, like. You know, what if you get a little one and, you know, little one wants to run and be active and, you know, you want to show him that like, man, my old man, he's still got it, you know, like he's still running around, he's still in shape. So, you know, you start thinking about that stuff as well. So it might be in the cards. I will say uh, when you do have a little one, you'll want to get running because it is guaranteed time out of the house. You know, (laughs) like your wife can't say, no, don't go exercise. So, you know, I'll keep that in mind. That's that's a a tip. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Craig who says, I ran my first marathon this past weekend, uh, that Fox Valley Marathon in St. Charles, which uh, actually our coworker Jared did the, um, did the 20 miles uh, in preparation for the Chicago Marathon. Craig says, thanks for doing this podcast. It helped me get across the finish line. That is awesome. Congratulations, Craig. Um, Hope you had a great time and we're really happy with, with how you finished. Shout out to, to Bologna Fonseca, who is a, 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 dedicated listener he says k-duck also to goat two goats and that's in response to christopher king who said carlos the goat 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 you got three goats shout out to, to to chris i see you man we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. So um, so you've, you run the race in 2006 and and you, you mentioned you got the bug and that, kind of, that directly led to you wanting to start the, the 5K. Yeah. And go through that for me. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned, you know, being an educator and and transitioning to an an administrator for a a large charter school network. And, you know, like like many schools, you know, you kind of circle around and and you huddle and you say, 
how can we raise money, you know, for our after school programs, for our sports and all that. And so, you know, people, and this is back in 07. So I was young, young and naive, full of ready to conquer the world and, and whatnot, 24, 25 years old. And, you know, people were throwing out, how about we, we sell cookies and, and sell world's finest chocolate, which, you know, shout out to world's finest chocolate. Um, I've sold a few of those bars back in the day. Right? Yeah. Like if you're Chicago and like, if it's like a rite of passage, you've, you've sold your, <laughs> your, your share. Um, you know, people were throwing out, let's do car washes and stuff, you know? Uh, but you know, having ran Chicago in 06, I was like, why don't we do a race, man? Why, why don't we do a 5k race? And, mm -hmm. and people were like, is, can we do that? And I'm like, how hard can it be, man? Like it's, it's gotta be easy, you know? And so little did I know just how much work goes into, you know, doing a 5k race and let alone in, in, in a major city, you mm -hmm. know, so you got to work with, you know, uh, various city agencies, your alderman, CPD, CFD, CTA, um, you know, all the logistical stuff, ordering t-shirts, you know, like I remember that first year, um, you know, you, you're, you're placing orders for stuff and you're just like, I have like 20 people signed up for this race. And yet the vendors are asking me, I have to submit a t-shirt order now for, <laughs> a race that's happening a month away and you're just like, why can't we order it? Like, you know, days before the, the event, works, you know? Yeah. And, and so they're like, well, how many orders, how many t-shirts are you going to order? And I'm like, I really do think we're going to get 3000 runners for this first year. <laughs> you know, how hard can it be? I see Nike doing it through their runs and you know, I, I think we can do it. And so that first year I ordered 3000 shirts. I, I think, um, you know, final totals were like, we had like 500 runners. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of t-shirts left over. And, uh, so there was easily, a big donation to somewhere I would guess after I that. I mean, we, we kept those shirts and we recycled them for next year, okay. for the following year, for sure. We we're like, we can't let these go to waste, <laughs> but I mean, easily the most stressful period of my life. I think that's when I started getting white hair from, from that moment on in 07, just because I was in way over my head, but mm -hmm. I knew, I knew I had something special. We had something special, like, you know, having started running in 04, 05 and Chicago, doing Chicago marathon in 06, I had ran a lot of local races, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so a lot of the races were up along the lakefront or in the suburbs, but there were very, very few races inside the, the city within the neighborhoods, which, right. you know, Chicago is all about neighborhoods and, and that's the neighborhoods is what makes Chicago special. And, um, I was like, I want to do one in Pilsen because I just remember the energy that I had running through 18th street and mile 19. And we, you know, we had a school in, in Pilsen. So it worked out perfectly. That was the, the backdrop for the race. And I knew I wanted to celebrate Latino culture, you know, and, and, you know, I didn't want runners to just, go run for a worthy cause, get a t-shirt, a banana, get some water and then go home. Like, and then throw away the shirt and never wear it again. Like, no, I wanted <laughs> to do something super special. And so for yeah. me at that time, you know, I wanted to do something centered around Dia de los Muertos. And, um, you know, to me, that, that to me, that's what I wanted to do. And, and so people were trying to pronounce it in those, those first few years. Like, how do you pronounce it? And then I was like, it's race of the dead. Yeah. You know, it's centered around this very unique pre-Hispanic, you know, tradition in, in our culture. And, uh, but I didn't want to stop there. Like I, I, I felt like, what can we do to keep separating ourselves from, from other races, you know, 
the the concept is Dia de los Muertos, but I feel like it's also a celebration of life. It's a celebration of our community. Pilsen is the beautiful backdrop and for the race, but you know, let's not stop there. You know, so after the run, I wanted folks to enjoy themselves and and uh, I was like, let's let's have a a, a market and let's yeah. give people like tacos and and the opportunity to buy like pozole and Mexican food, and people be like, wait, what, what up, wait up, wait up, you're gonna run and burn calories, run three miles, and then you want people to gain them right back. And that's the idea. Right? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, it's it's for the kids. It's a fundraiser, you know. Like, no, it's 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 all about having a good time, you know. So. We, we didn't stop there. We added that. And, mm-hmm. and I knew I didn't want to have medals. You know, a lot of runs, you, you get your medals. And, and uh, for, for your top awards, like, they give you, you know, something. And I was like, let's, let's do something outside of the box. And so I had ran, um, you know, a race called the Quarrymen uh, 10-Miler in Lamont. So yeah. for all you runners out there, shout out to Quarrymen uh, Challenge. Quarrymen, you know, 10-Miler in Lamont. Easily the hardest race that I've done outside of running a marathon. Uh, but it's also super fun and challenging because Lamont, Illinois, if you guys have ever traveled over there, it's not flat. Right. Like it's nothing but rolling hills. And it's the only hills in Illinois. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically the only hills, like people talk about Mount, uh, Mount Roosevelt. Right. And, uh, that's a cute, you know, incline, you know, and it's, the only reason it's challenging is because it's at the 26. It's mile. at the very, yeah. very end. And so yeah. I definitely feel that because your quads and, you know, whatnot are, are burning. But in Lamont, sign up. It's it's uh, I'm giving them a free plug over here. So they, they need to hit me up. They say, hey, <laughs> thank you for that plug. But, you know, super, super challenging race. But in 06, I ran it and I came in like second or third in my age division. And they gave me like this piece of rock, was, you know, the quarry men. Uh, so. It said second place, age division winner. And I thought it was the coolest freaking thing ever. I was like, oh, I love it. You know, and, and I, you know, remember showing it to my grandmother and my mom. I ended up yeah. giving it to my grandmother and, and um, I just loved it. So I was like, we got to do something different here. So that's when I thought of the idea of doing a calavera, doing a skull. And mm. I, I wish I should have brought one over. Um, but those are our awards, calavera skulls that are decorated Super by... Cool. Um, you know, local artists and, and uh, so shout out to Tony Valenzuela. Um, but, you know, that was it, it's just how can we keep making it more and more unique? Because um, the racing in Chicago is super popular. There's there's plenty of races. There's plenty of cool races. So how can you continue to separate yourself? Yeah. Has, has your growth been pretty just like a steady climb or? Yeah, we've been very, very fortunate in, in that regard. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's a testament to, you know, constantly pushing the envelope because let's face it, right? Like when you run a 5K race, you get hooked into running more and more. And then what do you want to do? You want to do longer distances. You want to yeah, go yeah. from a 5K and graduate to an 8K or a 10K and then a half marathon and eventually a, a full marathon. And then you want to do your ultra marathons. Now I'm just playing. If you get, if you do that stuff, like, like you're start doing Iron Man's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a different breed of, of, of people for, for those folks. But um uh, so that it, it's like a journey, right? Through your, through your, through, through, it's a progression. And so in my thinking, I'm like, okay, if folks are going to graduate to other longer distances, if they can only want, run one 5k race, let it be ours. And so I don't want folks to say, man, but I did that race for the last four or five years. It's always the same stuff. I did that, you know, like a time to do something different. No, I want them to keep coming and thinking like, no, last year they had, low riders at the at the finish line so what are they gonna have 
next? You know, the other year they had Ozzy Guillen, who was a grand marshal, you know? <laughs> and, and so what are they, the shirts continue to be very, very cool and different. Like, what are they going to do this year? And so that's, you know, wanting to make it, you know, fun and, and unique and fresh every single year so that folks want to, you know, keep coming down to Pilsen. Yeah. Um, how many runners will you have this year? You like projected? Yeah. So, you know, I was just talking to, you know, my, my buddy, um, Sinue about it, but, uh, we're, we're very blessed in the sense that, um, you know, just yesterday we hit 2,700 runners wow. and we're still a month and a half out, um, you know, or less than a, a month and a half out from the run. So we're expecting to hit pretty close to 6,000 runners this year, Amazing. which, um, would be our, our largest field ever. Okay. Uh, our largest field to date was right before the pandemic. Uh, we had like 5,500 runners. Um, so we're Took you a little while to get back. Yeah. It, the pandemic really did a number on, on, on races and, and well, you can dive into that and that's a whole separate discussion, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but no, we're, we're extremely blessed and we get runners now from over 25 States, which is really, really cool. Um, Texas, California, Florida, all over the Midwest, outside of the country as well because folks wear the shirts and they travel with it you know to different countries and people will be like where yeah where where is that and and that's you know i really love you know when people send us the the pictures of them rocking the shirt and you know antarctica africa and and, and all that and so you know we're blessed to, to have folks to that that come from you know different countries as well and and mm -hmm. uh the races become like 63 percent female um you know so everything that i design or we design we want to make sure that, you know, our, our female population, you know, gravitates to it. I show a lot of stuff to like my wife or my coworkers and yeah. my colleagues. And I'm like, what do you guys think of this? You know, cause you know, they, I want to make sure that they think it's cool as well. And, and all that. So like now every man listening to this podcast is going to uno race of the dead.org to sign up after I was just that about statistic. to say, I was yeah. like, that's, that's pretty Man, cool. It's, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> I've thought to myself, I was like, we, how can we market to, you know, to, to dating sites or to, to guys and say, if you're single, you know, come on down to well, you're, those like the, those, the old St. Pat's block party. That was like their whole thing. Like how many people met at the block party yeah. and ended up getting married. Like they, they right. used to like, which is, it's happened before P people have, you know, have, have sent us pictures and said like, Hey, we met at Carrera and, and you know, this is our wedding picture, Margaret Enrique Rivera from Venado's running club they met at Carrera, which is super, super cool, you know? So. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. It's definitely one of the premier 5Ks in the city, and I'd encourage anyone to go run that. And now I might have to after, now that I'm yeah. back in the running. Yeah, hit so. us up. We got you. Yeah, so, all right, let's get into your Chicago Marathon participation. I think um, kind of why we, we invited you in here, because we want to know what goes into putting on the Pilsen aid station, just really running any aid station, but also, you know, one like this that incorporates entertainment and, sure. and other things. Um, you started in 2009 and can you take me through that story? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned at the very beginning, Carrie Pinkowski being, you know, the, the godfather, mm -hmm. right? So, um, I had created Carrera de los Muertos back in 07. And so back at that time, anyone that put together a, an event in Chicago had to participate in this kind of, you know, race director meeting that the city uh, put together, uh, OEMC and, and, and those departments. And so there I was in, you know, 08, 09 as, as, you know, this young kid in a room full of, you know, uh, folks that put together some of Chicago's biggest running events, you know, and at that time we were, you know, seven, 800 uh, runners and, you know, so it's one by one, people are introducing themselves and 
out in the corner is Carrie Pinkowski. And now I'm just like, I need to meet him. I need to go up to him. And so I waited for the meeting to end, went up to him and, and I was like, big fan of yours. You know, I ran Chicago. I loved it. I have this small race in Pilsen. Uh, would love to grab lunch with you and, you know, kind of pick your brain, but, you know, would also love to get involved with the marathon in any way that I can, you know, and, and volunteer. And he couldn't be, you know, more nicer to me. And, and he's always been that way. Um, and we, we did, we grabbed lunch and, and, um, the rest is history afterwards. You know, I, I, I got a call, you know, from, from some of them at, at CEM at, that, that the folks have put on the marathon and they're like, Hey, we need a new aid station captain for Pilsen and 18th street. And I'm just like, Oh, cool. And, <laughs> and they're like, uh, are you interested? And I was like, Oh my God, it's literally two weeks before my 5k race. And I'm, you know, inundated with work because it's just me and a handful of people that organize it. But I didn't want to pass up the opportunity. I was like, man, if I tell them no, who knows if they'll ever call me again. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, <laughs> not knowing anything that went on, that goes on to, to put an aid station together. Um, so it was trial by fire, you know, like you, they can talk uh, a lot about like, you got to do this and you're going to do this, but nothing prepares you for jumping in head first that race day with 40,000 plus runners. And uh, it was... Um, it was a very rude awakening as far as like uh, all the logistics and operations and the planning that goes on with it. So, you know, you the the aid stations pre-pandemic had, you know, 250 to 300 volunteers mm -hmm. easily. And so but you don't know these people, right? Like the, the marathon helps they just you show in, up that morning. Yeah. The, the marathon, you know, helps you in, in identifying groups that, you know, want to help out. Um, but you're just kind of starting to meet like the group leaders and the coaches that yeah. put together and organize these groups, but you don't really know them. And so the day of you have, you know, a lot of high school students, a lot of university students and, you know, high school students are great. University or students are great if they have really good leaders and coaches and teachers kind of leading them. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in those early years, like, yeah, <laughs> it's a learn it's learning experience for me, you know, but like you had a lot of high school students that, you know, are, are very yeah. energetic at the beginning. Uh, and then they just kind of fizzle out. And so you're trying to motivate them at like our peak period when you can't even cross the street. Cause it's so thick with runners and he's like, Hey man, we only have a few, a few more hours ago. And in your head you're thinking like, we're not even halfway done. Man. <laughs> How can I keep motivating these kids? You know? And yeah. I turn around and you know, you have, uh, these, these, these kids making out over here or, or one slumped on the sidewalk like this. And I'm just like, we got six hours left to go. How do we motivate them? You know, but uh -huh. you know, that's why relationship building is so important. So after that first year, I'm like, I, I need to build, you know, a rapport and, and build my network here. And, and so you start meeting folks from UIC and, and different high schools and, and different local organizations. And I'm like, we have to recruit our groups, you know, so mm -hmm. the marathon will continue to, to, to provide you groups, but, and they help. Cause don't get me wrong. A lot of these groups that come out are, are awesome, very dedicated people. And, and, you know, they'll, they'll help you from the beginning to the end, but Pilsen is mile 19. So, you know, we show up, I show up at three 4 AM in the morning and our regular volunteers show up at 6 AM and it's first come first serve because they all want the jacket. They all want the gear, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're, they're hot. They start out hot and heavy. And so it's up to us to kind of put them to work right away. And, and essentially we're providing water 
Gatorade and bananas at our station. Um, and, and so it's a big operation, right? Like you need as many volunteers as possible because if you're having a field of 45,000 runners, like you need as, as many folks, you know, cutting up uh, bananas and, and doing layers of, of water, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a big undertaking, but you know, I knew apart from our volunteer efforts and all that, I was like, we have to make this fun because 40,000 plus runners, so many of them are coming from out of, out of state, out of the country. So many of them are never going to come back to Chicago. But if this is their last time, the first and only time that they're going to come here to Chicago, let's give them a kick-ass experience here in Chicago. Let's give them such a positive one where they say like Chicago was amazing. I want to go back there again at some point and I, and, and I want to run Chicago and I want to visit the neighborhoods and, and, and all that. So I knew, you know, running Chicago in 06, how much fun I had running through Boys Town. You know, mm-hmm. they had the, the cheerleaders and, you know, they had the music going and I wanted to replicate that. I, I wanted to do our own spin and give it like a Latino flair, a Latino, yeah. um, you know, flair to it. And, and, and so I was like, we got to have a DJ playing house music because, you know, anyone from Chicago, you, you love you love house music, right? And so uh, our DJ plays house music, Spanish music, cumbia, bachata, merengue, um, you know, and, and, and other sorts of music that I feel are are, are reflective of, of us and our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew I wanted to get a mariachi, folkloric dancers, Aztec dancers, I asked the mayor, I'm like, can I get a stage? And, and I was like, what, if they tell me no, we'll, we'll find a place or something like that. But they were super cool about it. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we got you. And so obviously just over time, we just kind of added more and more to it, you know? And, and um, I feel like that's, if people were to some, ask me what, what the Pilsen aid station or Pilsen in general is the day of the marathon, I just tell them it's one big party. For sure. Sarah, I think this is a good time to actually, we actually have some video clips to to show. Um, If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see this right now. If you're listening to the podcast, check us out on youtube.com forward slash CHGO sports. You can hit play, Sarah. What are, what are the big, big puppets called? Mojigangas. Okay. So they're they're regional, um, you know, regional from from uh, the Michoacan area of, of, of Mexico. But you see them in, in other places as well. But essentially, they're 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 giant puppets. Uh, but um, you know, they become very very popular. Uh, and they they depending on you know the time of the year or the 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 holiday they kind of do different types of ones and gotcha. so you see one with um you know a catrine or uh, with uh, that, that that has more of a dia de muertos uh, vibe to it well, if you have them this year i'm going to just pretend that i'm in the uh, opening scene of skyfall the james bond movie so <laughs> i think it was skyfall uh here's the mariachi band clip And then I think you have the, the Azteca dancers here. Is that right? So you have a wide variety, like you mentioned, of of entertainment. What goes into recruiting and the actual, I guess, ideation and and all that it's very grassroots <laughs> very <laughs> grassroots it's literally you know me um 
you know, reaching out to, you know, folks that I know, relationships that I have and, and saying, you know, like, hey, we, we have the marathon coming up in a few weeks mm-hmm. and we want to give the runner something special. We want to give the spectator something special because, you know, not only, you know, folks that are running, but Pilsen gets packed with with uh, family members, folks that, you know, know Pilsen is popping. And, and so they try to come out as well. And, and so it gets very, very jam packed. And so the clips that you see are, are right at the turn of mm-hmm. uh, Blue Island turning onto 18th Street. Um, and yeah, it, it, uh, it, it becomes very, very just jam packed there. But yeah, as far as like, building it it's it's literally you know i start right around now to tell you the truth you know uh uh, what are we at you know uh less than three weeks away and you know i start calling up folks and you know seeing who's available and and i try to just break it up into shifts so like you know obviously early on you get your you know your speedsters um you know i'll be honest with when the kenyans and the 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 ethiopians the elites pass by we don't really have too many uh, no musical in it, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know it's we're 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 obviously just setting up, but our entertainment is more so for like the folks right after them, you know, and yeah. and, and so um, I try to space it off where it's like a mariachi group will come in from like let's say nine a.m. to ten a.m. Another group from you know ten to eleven and and eleven to twelve and and just kind of try to space them out. Um, but it's really me just reaching out to my, 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 my network of folks and, and seeing who's, you know, who's, who's available to, to, to help out and, mm-hmm. and give the, the runners a, a very cool, positive, uh, lasting experience. Well, even just watching the clips, like it excites me right now on whatever today is September 19th. And it's like, I, I want to go out there and it's energizing. I can only imagine what it's like when you're 19 miles into a marathon, it's got to give you a little bit of boost and an extra kick. And obviously you still have seven miles to go, but you know, Pilsen's probably after a lot of where people, you know, that kind of gets into the, the part of the race where maybe the families have already started heading towards the finish because they saw you early. So to have that at, at mile 19 is, 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 is pretty big. It is. I mean, I just, you know, go back to my experience and, and, um, you know, that's when you hear the stories, you know, between mile 19, 20, 21 of people hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that I tell our volunteers. I'm, I'm like, look, um, you know, we have over 40,000 runners coming and if they want to stop after Pilsen and Chinatown, they can go right ahead and do so. If, if they want to stop right before and, and little Italy, they can do so. But yeah, if they come through our station we can't, we can't have them stop over here. We got to provide them with that energy. And, and to be honest, I, I, I you know, we, we do this right. I think we can give them the energy they need to get them through that finish line. And, you know, outside of our station, it's so awesome to see all the neighbors and, and people, you know, creating their own cheer stations up mm. along 18th Street and Halstead. And, you know, they have their own DJs that, you know, are playing, you know, house music. You see Mexican flags, you know, being waved and, um, you know, people with funny signs and, and just it's just very contagious. And, and I think um, that's what it's about. Now I've heard rumors that I might be able to get a shot of Patron. You know, I can either I can either, you know, say that's a, a fact nor deny it. Okay, um, confirm nor, nor deny. Yeah. But what I can say is that doesn't happen in our aid station <laughs> that I can say with, 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 uh, you know, without a doubt, but you know, running a marathon, that's, that's one of the cool things about like you're, you're, you see the most random things when you run yeah. a marathon. And so I've seen people run barefoot whole 26.2 miles, which I think that's crazy. crazy. I've seen people wearing, 
you know, Mickey and Minnie Mouse suits. Uh, I've seen, you know, people, you know, cross the finish line and, and it's like a war zone, like where they, they're, they're like this disillusioned cause they're so dehydrated right. and you know, they're me when I crossed the finish line in Paris, like I had to go to the medical tent because, you know, I hadn't hit any walls ever before from my previous three marathons, but Paris, mm -hmm. my last one in 2019, I, I made the dumb decision, which is, this is a tip. I made a dumb decision, you know, six miles before the finish line of not taking my last gel uh. because I was like, ah, I'm so close. I feel good. You know what? Let's just keep going. Nope. You know, within minutes, like my body just crashed and, and my splits just went, mm, oh, you know, those yeah. last few. And, and I, I felt like I crawled to the finish line and, um, you know, they, they looked at me, I was pale white. Um, my mom said I look like E.T. when they find E.T. <laughs> oh, like no. laying in the, 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 the ground. That's how pale I was. And, and uh, yeah, I had to go to the medical tent for, you know, about like 15, 20 minutes to get rehydrated and stuff like that. So it's real. So don't skip your gels. Is what don't you're skip saying. your gels. Every every 30 minutes, take them. Yeah. Um, do you have like any just sheer stats on how much water, how many bananas, how much... Gatorade you give out? Oh man, the, the CEM folks are really, really good at this stuff. Um, you know, which I love, right. Cause you know, you, you want all that info, you know, so mm. the, I'll say this, um, Chicago has become, you know, such a pioneer, um, you know, when it comes to leading the way and organizing and logistics. And so we know that the morning of like how many runners are still on the course, mm. you know, at, at any given time, which I think is super, super cool. We're constantly on the radio with, you know, the command center and, and they're giving us updates on, you know, weather and, and any incidents that occur and, and things of that sort, which, you know, I would say, uh, after, um, you know, we're kind of diving into something else, but like after 07, when, you know, it was that famous, you know, heat, uh, heat wave that hit the Chicago marathon. I felt yeah. like that year afterwards, like it was a catalyst. If there was any silver lining is that Chicago, you know, just really has, has, um, you know, led the way. And, and it's, I think a, uh, true testament to Carrie and, and Mike Nishi and, and all the CEM folks, because they're, they, they're, um, you know, they're, they're consummate professionals. Um, so I wouldn't be able to tell you how much, what I can say is we have pallets and pallets and pallets, pallets and pallets. We have a whole semi truck. It used to be two semi trucks and now they've condensed it. But, you know, essentially we have, you know, 10 tables on each side, uh, with four layers high of, of, you know, cups of water, you know, filled mm -hmm. to, to 50% after those 10 tables on each side of the street, you have your bananas in between, and then you have another, you know, another, um, you know, nine tables on each side of Gatorade, which yeah. four late, same thing, four layers high. Right. And if, if the weather's really hot and I think you can kind of see on the clip that was just shown a, a bit ago, we have sponges as well mm -hmm. you know, for the runners. Um, because yeah, if, if, if it hits a certain, you know, degree, like you'll know like that morning, like oh, we're, we're in for a, a warm morning. Yeah. We may feel cool in the morning, but you just know it's going to hit gonna you know, a certain up. time. So if someone wants to get involved and volunteer at the, at the Pilsen aid stop, how do they do that? Yeah, great question. And so the Chicago marathon website, um, does a really good job of, you know, saying click here to volunteer when you, when you click on the link and, and on the Chicago marathon website to, to, to volunteer, mm -hmm. it'll ask you if you want to volunteer at the expo or if you want to volunteer, you know, on race day 
out in the course. And so there's, I mean, the marathon requires hundreds and hundreds okay. and hundreds of volunteers. So it's actually going through the Chicago Marathon. They don't just send you an email or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and actually I take it back. It's not hundreds, it's thousands of volunteers yeah. that are needed. And so you could be at the finish line, the start line. If you put out, you know, aid stations, make sure you put aid station 15, the best uh, aid station on the course. There we go. Um, we've talked, I mean, I've talked with a wide array of people, um, across the city. And I mean, one of the reasons that I just love running is because it literally involves everybody. I mean, no matter what you look like, you know, like if you can get out there and run, you can do it. Um, you know, I, I talked with Aaron Ingram of, of seven on Sundays and kind of talked about running in the African American, African American community and, and what that looks like. What does it mean to the Mexican-American community in, in Chicago? Yeah, great question. I would say, um, you know, historically, if you look at, I think when people think of Mexicans in sports, they think of soccer. Um, but if you look at, you know, distance running in the 80s and the 90s, there was a lot of great lot, Mexican yeah. runners. You know, I would say, you know, even, um, you know, Kerry Pinkowski will tell you like all these, you know, runners that I've never heard of in, in my he life. He did that but, when he was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. he'll, man, he'll, he'll get, he'll go on a tangent about it, which I love. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of really, really old school distance runners that would run marathons. And so, you know, when I burst onto, you know, not burst onto the scene, when I started, you know, running, uh, you start meeting folks, right? And, and mm -hmm. so, uh, Venados Running Club, which is, you know, my running club ha has been around since the 80s. And you look at these folks and they've been running marathons for for, for decades. And, and, yeah. and, you know, there's a lineage there. But, you know, as the years have gone on, you're starting to see more and more uh, Latino running clubs pop up, which I, I just absolutely love. You know, Midway Mile Chasers, uh, Three Run Two, uh, Tortugas. Um, you know, there's just uh, Viento and Little Village, the list goes on and on. And I feel like Mexican running clubs or Latino running clubs have put in like their, their own spin on running clubs. Like it, they become, you know, like very, uh, family, like, you know, social events. Um, if you follow Tortugas on Instagram, you know, they eat well after their runs. You have to, right? <laughs> like, you know, tamales and stuff like that. I, I yeah. see them as well, you know, doing their, doing their thing. And so like, I, I feel like it's, it's become... It, and I think it's a good segue into running clubs in general, where it's like back in the days, I feel like, you know, when I say back in the days, you know, we're talking like early 2000s or whatever, mm, if which you, is crazy. If you ran with one running club, you kind of like stuck with them uh, for the most part. Yeah. And I feel like now, like, you know, if you run with Tortugas on, you know, Sunday mornings, you know, you run with uh, Venados on Wednesdays and you run with, you know, these guys on, on Fridays and, and, and all that. And the list goes on, which I love, you know, I, I think yeah. it really, you know, kind of creates this more, you know, kind of like social feel to it. And, you know, runners are some of the most friendliest people I've ever met in my life, you know, and, and some of the closest, coolest relationships I have with people are with, you know, folks that I met through running. And so, mm. um, yeah, I, I think, you know, to answer your question, I feel like just Latinos have, have really put like their, their, their family, um, you know, spin on it. Cause you know, growing up as a Latino, like family is, is, is everything. And so I feel, I feel like these running clubs have really kind of built this kind of family, like, um, yeah. you know, feel to them. So last week's guest, uh, Andrew Swat. So he, he made the, he pointed this out to me, like m most runners, you know, are pretty smart people. And I never like real like kind of realized that until uh, I don't know, I don't know if you're going to disagree with me here, but like 
most of these times you show up and you can have pretty good conversations with people and there's a lot of doctors and lawyers and and people in education i don't know now you're looking like you're gonna disagree with me no you just made me think i mean yeah i I think um you know i've met so many people through running and yeah i think that's the beauty of running right like all you need is literally you know just put one foot in in front of the other you Mm -hmm. know and and yeah, you can have really cool, fancy shoes, but if you don't want to, and, and you can literally just put one foot in front of the other. You can run on your bare feet. And and so running, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it breaks down, you know, demographic barriers. It breaks down, you know, um, income and all that. So, you know, you mentioned doctors and all that. Yeah, you're, I mean, you could run with one one group and it could be a mixture of, of engineers, doctors, you know, college educated professionals, and then, you know, blue collar working, you know, blue collar workers that just love running. Uh, but you see them all mesh and you could see them all bond over the sport. Yeah. Or you could talk about Chicago sports and, you know, complain about how bad the the bears are doing or, or, or whatnot. But I, I think, um, you know, sports, I think brings people to, to, together and food, which is, yeah, which yeah. is why I feel like, you know, Tortugas and, and all these folks like, yeah, man, I, I think food brings so many people together. As yeah. Well. And I think it brings like motivated people together. Um, you know, like people, you know, like you have to make a conscious decision to get out of bed, to put on your shoes, to open the front door, to get on the street, to run down the street, to run down another street. Yeah. Um, and th- to me, that's a, another cool part too. Uh, totally. And, and you know, the, the energy that you get after finishing that workout, it's, it stays with you for a while, which yeah, yeah. I love, you know, like I hate, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a morning person, but I still doesn't mean I struggle to, to, it doesn't mean I don't struggle to get up, but once I'm up and I get the run going, I'm just like, Oh my God, like, feels this good. sucks. But you know, I, I get it done and then I feel like a badass. Like, like, okay, now <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to, you know, get the, get this day started and it just stays with you. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for, for stopping by today. Um, I, you've done so much for running and I think we'll continue to do that. And, and the aid station and the 5k is a testament to that. And, uh, I will definitely look out for you on 19. I at least want a fist bump. So I uh, will, we'll be there bright and early. And, uh, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I do. Um, before we head out, I want to share Kevin, your run. Yeah. Last I, w- Sunday. I will talk about yeah, that. So yeah. I did want to give a shout out to anyone who did the 20 miles. This, um, this, just, this weekend this past, was like yeah. pretty much this, this is the peak of the taper. Now the taper begins. I was signed up for the Kara ready to run 20 miler, which started at Montrose park supposed to go out on to Jackson park. Um, I didn't really know the rain was coming. So shout out or not shout out to the Chicago weatherman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and basically woke up and I was like, all right, well, we'll still drive down there. I guess we'll just be running through the rain. It's the dedication though. We got to, we got to Montrose park and and like basically like 10 minutes before they were like, Oh, it's, it's canceled. There may be lightning out there. So I said, well, we're just going to run anyway. We're going to do an out and back to soldier field. And this is what we ran through. So that's, but you felt like a badass afterwards. Right? It was awesome. The first 10 miles was amazing because we had the tailwind going South. Um, it was a light rain and, and other people from, from Kara were out there running. And I was with, um, with my cousin, Laura and her friend, Katie, and so we had a good group and it was fun. I had a, I had a blast. I was like tweeting, you know, I, I thought right. I looked like a badass, but then I actually like went back and like looked after what I tweeted after. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. But, um, then we turned around, we went back North, we came around the shed aquarium 
and you couldn't even see like the first 15 floors of the Sears Tower. And it was like, it was like Ghostbusters. And, and you could just see like the dark rain clouds. And we basically ran back into that. And then that tailwind that we had, we were just straight into it for, for probably five or six miles. Yeah, that's rough. But I got it done. I mean, I, I, I felt great. Um, I thought, okay, if I, if I was able to tackle that, there's no way the Chicago Bears are going to go down to Tampa Bay and lose oh. this game. I was wrong. Little did you know. Little did I know. Yeah. But, um, but I got it done because I just did not want to delay it. We talked about, oh, should we get back in the car and maybe run closer to home? And I said, you know what? Like, the marathon is going to throw you challenges. You don't know what you're going to get. Totally. Let's just take, take this as it comes and, and tackle this because if it's raining on Chicago Marathon Day, you're we'll be for ready now. for it. Yeah, so I'm really glad that we did it. Um, I know a lot of other people kind of, the people who ran on Saturday had a great day to run and the yeah. people who ran on Sunday. But uh, I think I've early in this training session, if it was raining, I just wouldn't go out. So like this morning it was raining and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go out and run and, oh. and got it done. So it, it makes you tougher. And, and yeah. uh, I love when, when you're running and through inclement weather, like 10 degree below zero and all that and run uh, drivers are coming by, you know, and you're going in opposite directions. They're like, <laughs> like this but you just like yeah, I'm that's a great feeling yeah that's i i don't like i'm fine kind of like the, with having that little feeling of superiority right i was gonna like, say yeah because why a, else why else would you run absolutely so um so now the taper begins it's about getting sleep it's about about getting rest and and fueling and all um, the hard work is done all yeah. the hard work is done and the beauty is like you can still eat like you're you're training for, for uh you know, 20 miler tomorrow, you know, like that's the beauty your metabolism is just like, shh. I know that you definitely feel like that. Even like a, even like a few days away from a race or for, from a run, your body is still like freaking out. Cause it's like, I need calories because I don't know if this guy's going to go out on a run. Constantly growling and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I miss those days. That's yeah, what yeah. I miss about, you know, running training for marathon. There's been a couple of days where I've been driving down here and like eating my lunch in the car at like 10 30, like, it's just totally it's pretty crazy um hey by the way i got a shout out sinway mendoza who hooked us up our, our mutual friend who's sitting right here and big yeah. notre dame fan Sinway mendoza he's he's uh he's the goat you know shout out to him uh, yeah for sure he is a man about town so uh shout out to sarah for, for producing this episode uh we'll be back uh next week september 26th uh with larry holly from wgn a chicago marathon veteran and then I'm not sure the week after, but we'll do a pre-marathon preview going into it. And um, yeah, it's like 20 days away or something. So crazy. Got this. Got this. Thank you for listening to CHGO Marathon. If you're listening to this, you got this. And uh, we'll see you next time.